Welcome to The Last Tranche, the Credit Flux podcast where we break down global structured credit one tranche at a time. I'm Tom Davidson, editor of Credit Flux. Let's dive straight into today's episode, where I'm very pleased to be joined by Gretchen Lam, CEO of Octagon Credit Investors. Octagon is one of the oldest CLO managers in the industry, closing its first CLO in 1999. 25 years later, we're up to CLO number 70 and $35 billion of AUM. Gretchen joined Octagon in 1999, and before her latest promotion to CEO, was a senior portfolio manager, looking after a number of the firm's CLOs and separately managed accounts, as well as commingled funds. She was also PM for Octagon's Structured Credit Investments. Welcome to The Last Tranche, Gretchen. Thanks, Tom. It's great to speak to you today. And first of all, congratulations on the new role. You stepped up to CEO less than a month ago, so it must have been a very interesting start to the year for you. It sure was, but you know what? The loan market is up, the CLO engine is coming back, and it's certainly a nice way to start the year. Great. And I think it's also worth taking a moment to celebrate your promotion as another step towards gender equality. We're lucky enough in the CLO market to have a relatively large number of women in leadership positions, but I think a female CLO of any major asset manager is still worth commenting on. Thank you. And I feel really fortunate to work with and learn from brilliant colleagues and mentors over the years, both men and women, both inside and outside of Octagon. It's been quite surprising, actually, to have heard many times over the last few months, folks come into me and say, this is so cool. I can't wait to go home and tell my daughter, both friends of mine, men, women, complete strangers. And while that's lovely to hear, I really look forward to the day when a woman being named CEO is an absolute non-event. It's not a cause for celebration because it's just a normal course thing. Moving on to CLOs, which is the reason why everyone's listening. I think the question we're all asking at the moment is about the ARB. As you know, AAAs are now firmly in the 150s range. With a movement in spreads, does CLO equity make sense again? I think it does. The market loves to point to day one arbitrage as the only indicator of whether CLO equity in the primary market makes sense or not. The reality is it's one of many indicators and drivers of returns for CLO equity investors. But clearly, CLO primary equity is attractive today, in our view, both on an absolute basis and on a relative basis. Now, first, of course, AAA spreads have moved tighter 25 to 40 basis points from mid-2023, which even if you assume some future spread compression on the assets, does improve the day one ARB. And second, just as importantly, it is more attractive on a relative basis. And what I mean by that is because other similar competing assets have moved up in price over the course of the last six to 12 months, CLO equity looks better on a relative basis. CLO equity, for example, purchased in the secondary market has moved up quite a bit over the last six months and today trades at an IRR of somewhere in the 14% range, which is up about five percentage points tighter versus mid-2023. And that's if you could actually source equity in the secondary market. Double B CLO tranches, which had traded back mid last year at projected IRRs of 12 plus percent, have moved tighter similarly and now trade in some cases above par 
And today we're modeling yields of about 10% for CLO double B tranches. On top of that, you also have an interest rate environment where much of the consensus view points to, you know, current peak in rates. And as you look forward, rates likely moving lower, which of course makes CLO equity look better versus loans or CLO tranches, the coupon of which will rise and fall with, with base rates. Thanks, Gretchen. And I think it's probably worth just reminding listeners that although Octagon are best known as a CLO manager, you're also a very big CLO investor. And I know you personally have been very involved on that side of the business as well. And I should think the other thing we should point out is that you also have a, a keen interest in CLO equity because, of course, you're well known in the market for always going for third party equity, unlike you know, a lot of the shops these days who've, uh, who've gone down the captive equity front. Is that a, a strategy you're going to stick with? That is. We have been fortunate to have developed relationships with CLO equity investors over the years that fortunately have had a good experience purchasing our equity and have continued to do so repeatedly over, over many years. Great. Well, let's keep talking about whether it's, uh, it is a good opportunity for, uh, for CLO equity. And, and obviously, with everything in CLOs, the key driver is always the spreads on the liabilities, uh, and the key driver of that is is always the AAAs. Relative to the last few years, maybe not relative to some of the longer history, but you know, Golden Tree was in with the AAAs at one fifty, Titus Print I think since twenty twenty two. Do you think those levels are sustainable, or do folks need to move fast? I think they are sustainable. You know, we see a line of sight to one fifty really inside of 150 as well uh, over the course of the year. And that's really driven by very strong technical support that we think will be the primary driver of pushing AAAs tighter over the course of the year. First of all, we expect that many existing AAA holdings will be repaid over the course of the year. Those repayments are going to come in the form of just the amortization of post-reinvestment period CLOs in the natural kind of order of the CLO life. And that will cause existing AAA investors to see their portfolios shrink maybe by, you know, 50 plus billion dollars over the course of the year. In addition, we're likely to see many deals either be called or be reset. Estimates of how much that might be in 2024 vary widely. I've seen everything from $10 billion of likely calls up to $100 billion of deals that are ripe for a call. I would expect that we will see comfortably more than $10 billion, maybe not the $100 billion, but certainly that will be a driver of AAA repayments over the year. And then on top of that, you know, we could see $100 billion of CLO resets over the course of the year. Of course, that will depend on the trajectory of, of AAA spreads. Lastly, we are seeing increased demand for AAAs. We're seeing many profiles of buyers that have, for much of the last 12 to 18 months, really been on the sidelines. They're starting to come back. Domestic banks, insurance companies, large asset management firms all have expressed renewed interest in buying AAAs over the last couple of months. And do you think that's driven by where we are in terms of the market and pricing and interest rates? Or is it, I know regulations are also perhaps moving a little bit more favorably, particularly for some of the bank buyers, for instance. I think it's a combination of all of those things. I also think that just as CLO equity in the primary market 
appears more attractive on a relative basis. We've also seen that as you know, other structured products and other AAA substitutes, if you will, have moved up in price, the relative attractiveness of CLO AAAs has also increased, but certainly regulatory uh, factors have also come into play as well. I have an exciting opportunity to share with you. Imagine having a competitive edge in the world of credit. You can stay ahead of market trends, make predictions, and make informed decisions with ease. Sounds too good to be true, right? That's where Iron Analytics comes in. It's a single, predictive platform for capital markets professionals that includes both Debtwire and Creditflux. By subscribing, you'll have access to real-time news and predictive analytics, all in one place. You'll join a community of like-minded professionals who are always one step ahead of the curve. So if you're ready to gain a competitive edge in the world of credit, be sure to request a trial today using the link in the podcast information. Great. And it's probably also worth taking a little time to look at some of the other tranches down the stack. It's easy to get fixated for me on AAAs. I know there's a lot of other bits of, uh, of the CLO as well. I was very interested to see how tight some of the double Bs coming in as well. And I guess that also plays back into the, does equity make sense? Because of course, the real reason people have been for the last couple of years, uh, not so excited about CLO equity is because they view CLO, you know, double Bs as being such an attractive option instead. So presumably if those continue to tighten, I think we're at what, about 600 for some yeah. of the recent deals? Absolutely. But we're clearly into the low 600s in the primary market. We're tighter than that in the secondary market. And CLO Double B tranches have probably been the biggest competition for new CLO equity over the course of the last year. So CLO double Bs trading at tighter levels is impactful. CLO double Bs trading at prices near par is impactful. And the forward SOFR curve is also impactful in that the current yield, while it may be quite robust, today for CLO investors may decline in the future to the extent that SOFR declines. You'll probably be glad that I don't intend to ask you to make any predictions about <laughs> Thank uh, you for rate that. curves. But let's move on. You made some great points already, and you mentioned loan prices, and that is the other side of, uh, of the CLO arb. We've seen you know, the loan market rallying. It's generally a good thing for existing CLOs. Equally makes it more difficult, I know, for existing managers looking at new issuance. How do you see the loan market playing out? Well, I think, you know, on the one hand, loan prices moving up is certainly good for existing CLOs. It's good for CLO equity investors. It does create a bit of a challenge as managers are looking to source new CLOs. Looking back to 2022 or 2023, if you wanted to source loans for a new CLO, the best strategy was to go into the secondary market, buy loan assets at a discount, sometimes as low as 96 cents on the dollar on average, and you could do this very quickly. Well, fast forward to 2024, 35% of the loan market is now trading above par. So the opportunity to source cheap loans in the secondary market is far more more limited. We are seeing most CLOs that have come to the market so far this year have modeled in 20 to 25% of the assets being sourced in the primary market. And that would compare to a range of zero in the case of a print and sprint to maybe 15% 
for a typical new issue model that came to market in 2022 or 2023. So ramping new CLOs today will likely take a little longer than it has in recent years, and especially with the primary loan issuance running at a more modest cadence. And that might be reflected in the way the market's already played out. I know a few people are surprised that issuance has been not slow, but a little bit slower than some people were perhaps expecting to kicking off the year in the CLO market. We typically see in January of every year that it takes a couple weeks for the CLO engine to really get moving at full speed. This year is is no different, but as we look at the pipeline of arrangers, our own pipeline, we would expect that the pace of issuance and resets will kick into high gear in short order. Great. And of course, the other side of not being able to, to do the prints and sprints anymore is the increased importance of warehousing, other banks being supportive at the moment for CLO managers on that side. They are. I think the banks that we have been speaking to have been very supportive. They've been relatively flexible in terms of finding creative ways to source assets. Great. Well, the other impact of, of high loan prices is on older vintages. We've already talked about the number of CLO redemptions, presumably driven partially by that. Let's drill down a little bit more into how many calls we're expecting to see into the future and maybe a bit on which vintages you're expecting to see called in the in the next year or two. Yeah, absolutely. We certainly do expect to see more CLO calls in, in 2024. You know, just looking at in the first three weeks of the year, the number of loan BWICs that have come to market, uh, we've seen at least five related to called CLOs. We estimate you know, over 10% of outstanding CLOs are well-positioned for a call today. Certainly not all of those deals will be called, but many of those deals could be called and might be called in 2024. You know, for CLO equity investors, making the decision to call a CLO, it's kind of like getting up from the poker table. In other words, when a poker player cashes out, they're saying, "Okay, I'd rather take the chips that I have in front of me and go home rather than continue to sit here and see what future hands I might win. And it's kind of the same with with CLO equity. You know, as NAVs have increased, it's like increasing the pile of chips in front of the poker player. And as future distributions in a CLO decline due to loan prepayments, That means that their future winnings, if you will, for the poker player are likely to decline as well. Which deals will likely be called over the course of the year? I think it's likely to be those deals where both the NAVs are positive, of course, but also the prospects for future distributions are declining. And what we found is that post-reinvestment period, It is manageable to stay reinvested over the first six months post-reinvestment period, but after that, it becomes increasingly difficult to stay invested. And so we would anticipate many of the deals that ended their reinvestment period back in 2022 or even 2023 will have a profile, a future distribution profile that really points to a call in the short term. Great. And of course, the other side of things which you you didn't mention is that a lot of CLOs now, it's not just a decision for the equity investor because the equity investor is the equity manager, is the CLO manager as well, not in your case, as we've discussed. Presumably, that's going to cause some interesting dynamics for those CLOs in the next uh, year or two. Yeah, I think it certainly will. I mean, I think many of those 
managers have governors as to the reset versus the call decision. And there's a framework to guide that decision. But certainly for, you know, those managers that aren't beholden to outside investors or managers for whom, you know, the internal capital doesn't have any strings attached, if you will. I think for those managers, it may be a function of, you know, how do I maximize overall income for me as a manager, as opposed to maximizing IRR associated with that specific CLO. And of course, that brings us on to the, the fascinating question of going back to the old days where secondary investing was all about working out which deals are going to get called and which deals aren't. I'd love to hear your take on that. You know, you know, dust off the screeners. We're back. Look, I think that question is perhaps most interesting for single B investors where the coverage of that tranche, given how thin it is, can really be, you know, it's it's either you're covered or, you know, you have a 20% recovery. And so I think for that tranche in particular, I think the call versus not decision or the reset versus not decision is going to be most impactful. I think for CLO equity investors, obviously it's impactful as well, but maybe not to the same degree. Great. And I guess one kind of final question to round things off. As we've discussed, you're a big CLO manager. I know the plans are to uh, to keep that engine rolling as always. But on the CLO investing side, just very interested to hear what your kind of take on that is, what spots you're looking for for this year. Yeah, certainly things are moving fast. Prices are, are moving fast. I think that as an academic exercise, triple Bs continue to be very interesting on a relative value. I think CLO equity continues to be interesting on a relative value. I think the challenge for 2024, really for for many tranche investors, is what is your ability to source that paper in size? And so I know we have been focused over the last couple of years, mostly in the secondary market, both because we could easily source paper and also because we felt that that was most attractive on a relative basis. Um, We have shifted our focus to the primary market for both of those reasons, right? Easier to source and more attractive in the current market on a relative basis. Thank you so much, Gretchen. It's always such a pleasure to talk with you. That's all, folks. Hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. If you did, please support this podcast by liking, sharing, and subscribing to The Last Tranche. Feel free to get in touch with any comments, questions, or suggestions. And thanks for listening again.